Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I, I just realized that we're giving you the wrong address uh, to send your comments and email. Um, Cause we changed it from, I mean, you can send them to, uh, uh, Lynn, uh, Lynn Cullen at what is, I got so many friggin' mailboxes now. I don't know which one's what, but the newest, the latest, the one I'm looking at right now is Lynn Cullen show at gmail. Right. As far as I know. So that would be a better place uh, uh, for those of you who have been sending me mail to the old one, PGH City Paper one, because it's just not the Gmail one works better. It's a little quicker. I'll get your stuff quicker that way. (laughs) So if you can make a new notation. Probably can stay ahead of this better than I can. Lynn Cullen Show, all lowercase. Lynn Cullen Show at Gmail. Okay. Hi, how you doing? It's uh, the 14th of July. Is that Bastille Day? It is. Bastille Day is the 14th or the the 16th. And for that matter, who cares? I'm sorry. I'm just you know. I'm I'm getting this is my me my meandering way of sort of you know getting my my this is my stretching before I like really put my brain to work. This is my brain stretch. It amounts to uh, I don't know just letting it loose. I'm sorry. This isn't a, this is not a good beginning. Um. However, can I uh, uh, – we put that new Gmail address. This is from my producer, Kevin. We put that new Gmail address up on the streaming image. Well, good. That's good. That's good. But I hate to tell you, we might have to redo the open, right? I Whatever. You know, it's always a work in progress. So I I got to start with something that's, you know, local and uh, something that has flummoxed me since I first set foot uh, in Pittsburgh. And that's now God, more than 40 years ago. <laughs> Jeez, God, more than 40 years ago. Um, and I remember the first time, the first time it happened was probably the first day I was here. I mean, and and I had my, my car, it had to have happened the first day I was here. I was trying to, to find wherever it was. I was sleeping that night. I can't remember, um, how exactly my first few days went. And I, I drove, I turned onto a street and the the cars were all facing toward me that were parked on both sides. They were facing toward me and I slammed on the brakes. These are the cars that are parked on either side. And I thought, oh my God, I didn't see a one-way street sign. I, you know, anywhere I, w- I had the same reaction that anyone in, as far as I know, most of the 49 states of the union. I don't know if this is a Pittsburgh thing or a Pennsylvania thing, but if you turn onto a street and all the parked cars on both sides are, have their headlights toward you, their fronts toward you. There can only be one explanation. You're you're going the wrong way. You're on a one-way street, and it ain't the way you're going. 
And to this day, I mean, 40 years later, I still, it's amazing that I still have a little bit of that reaction, a little bit of a momentary cognitive dissonance. Uh, Because what I obviously later found is that Pittsburgh apparently allows you to park facing any direction you choose on any street you choose. So you can go over to the wrong, I mean, what anywhere else would be the wrong side. And, and, and I thought it really amazing. I liked it, frankly. I mean, as a, as a driver, it's, it's fantastic. And once you're used to it, I mean, it's, I thought, way to go. It's a great innovation. It was only recently that I found out that it's illegal in Pittsburgh. <laughs> if, if you were to ask the Pittsburgh Parking Authority that supposedly enforces uh, parking laws in, in Pittsburgh, they would say, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. You cannot, you cannot park uh, facing the wrong way against the flow of traffic. That is an absolute, absolute net traffic violation and you will be ticketed. Have you ever seen a ticket? I'm serious. I park this way all the time. So do you. So does everybody else. I see these cars. I've never seen a ticket on any one of them. So it brings up an interesting question. Why have laws on the books that you refuse to enforce. And the reason you're refusing to enforce them is the people who are supposed to abide by these laws refuse to acknowledge them. And I guess in such numbers that the enforcers, supposed enforcers, say, I give up. Forget it. It's not worth it. And anyway, I like to do it too. So why have that on the books? Now, you will be ticketed, believe me, in a lot of other places I have lived. I never, ever saw a car parked like they are parked here, facing the wrong way. And the reason it, it occurred to me is I got a notification from uh, the city. I'm not quite sure. I think actually this popped up on, uh, on what's that app? We call it Twitter for old people. Uh, Nextdoor. Yeah, Nextdoor. Um, for some reason, somebody put it out that uh, the city was going to get tough on ticketing people who were parked in places where you needed a residential parking permit. Um or a visitor pass. And it, it and then it it added the parking authority will also be enforcing all parking violations, which is standard practice, including but not limited to facing the wrong way against the flow of traffic. And I'm thinking that's just BS. Who put this out knowing full well they're not going to be doing that? First of all, nobody in town knows it's illegal. Since it's never been. They also said they're going to, and this is a riot, they're going to start ticketing people who park on the sidewalk. Ha! Ha! Are you kidding me? Now, it's unusual for people to park totally on a sidewalk, although it's not unusual for people. Did I... Did I just say two opposing things? Maybe this drives me insane because, and it would drive Ryan Dito, who's such a proponent of, you know, getting rid of these cars that we're addicted to and doing more mass transit. And, and, and it, because the problem is that people I mean, this is an old city, and it's geographically uh, constrained. 
by virtue of the three rivers and the hills and valleys. And so roads are often narrow. And so one can see where people would maybe cheat a little and park partially on the sidewalk to give room for all the other cars who are desperately looking for a place to dump themselves heading in the wrong direction and blocking sidewalks. I guess what makes me the craziest, though, is that in my neighborhood, we have wide streets. It's not the narrow little streets <clears throat> of some other neighborhoods. I got wide, nice streets here. and There's plenty of room for a flow of cars going in both directions and people to also be parked on the street in both directions, facing who cares where. And yet, even then, people pull on to the sidewalk and 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 cut the sidewalk easily in half. And the reason it is, annoys the hell out of me is because being a dog walker, they're taking the sidewalk away. I cannot tell you how many times I have been forced out onto the street to walk or like just sort of edging myself past some car that needn't have blocked the sidewalk. What is with people? Will you pass the word around for me? I'm serious. People who, cars that, I, I mean, I just can't believe that. Talk about privilege and this assumption that you can do whatever you damn well please. Motorists, car owners have no compunction whatsoever, it seems, in this town to block where non-car owners or non-car users at the time are walking. It's called a sidewalk. It's not for parking cars. And so even in these residential areas where I live that have wide, nice, a lot of it is because these were later developed um, you know, this was farm country when the the places in Pittsburgh closer to the downtown were bustling with uh, you know th tens of thousands of humans and 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 you know making their way through these tangles of uh, of roadways. And so when when the roads where I am were built, they were you know they eased them out. They made them it's it's just beyond me i believe me the sometimes if i'm in a bad enough mood i think why aren't these people fearful of somebody just you know i could so easily key i'm serious it occurs to me not that i ever would but it occurs to me as I stumble over my own feet, especially like in the winter. I mean, trying to avoid ice, this, that, and the other thing. Don't let me get into the people who don't even clear their sidewalks for pedestrians in this town, because that's another thing. I mean, I, I just feel like I could walk by their their car and just key it, right? That's what I want to do. Anyway, I'm just saying, if you're one of these people, will you stop it? So many people have done that to the – I don't even have a sidewalk on my street. And they pull up onto my lawn in part um, on the break, and they've over time broken down the curb. So I have like rubble where the curb is supposed to be. I'm just saying, this makes me nuts. It makes me nuts. And when I saw that the city was putting out this thing that they're going to be enforcing, 
parking on a sidewalk, facing the wrong way against the flow of traffic. I had to um, laugh, obviously. Ha, ha, ha. Tell me another one. Do we have a caller? Hello? Good morning, Lynn. It sounds like a good bitch fest. Yes. It's a big give you mine. You want to join me? Okay. Well, I'll comment. I'll comment on that. Three things. I'll comment on that. Um, perhaps their car is a little more expensive than your car, so therefore they have more privilege. Uh, number two. <laughs> I, <laughs> probably true. I I called the city about two weeks ago, complaining the city is filthy. I can't express yeah. enough how filthy it is and i know <clears throat> you were just in green bay and it's probably as clean as a whistle as is madison as is columbus dayton they're clean but anyway pittsburgh is so filthy so i called and they said well we're short staffed and short equipment okay i live in east end highland park i have not seen a street sweeper since the very first of April, you know, they kind of run them out early. That was mm-hmm. it. And, and he, and the guy said to me, well, well, you're not everywhere. And I said, Oh, nay, nay, I am everywhere because I walk everywhere. I walk Larmer bridge, East Liberty, shady side, I'm walking everywhere. That's what I do every day. And I see the same trash week after month, after month, after month, yeah. sewers that yeah. are jam packed with trash. And then the city, you know, in their wisdom, well, we're going to kind of street clean, but you don't have to move your cars. Really? You move your car. (laughs) You live in the city. The sign says street cleaning. You move your car. But they have, and I am a a litter, like a litter getter person. I have my my stick and sometimes I take it with me and I would just be laden with trash bags. I, I, I couldn't, I have to leave them and then drive back and pick them up. There's just so much filth. It's disgusting. It just makes me go crazy. But anyway, I hear you. And then the third, the third thing I wanted, mm-hmm. I was going to call Susan. I think it was last week. Y'all were talking about getting together and all the laundry and stuff like that. Well, I had that same thing happen. You know, it happens every Christmas. Let's say that everybody's in. Yeah. Towels, sheets, everything. Well, there's a little laundromat over in Shady Side on Ellsworth Avenue. They'll do that wash for pennies on the pound. And I have found that to be such a lifesaver. It's not that laundry is hard, but it just takes time. And it's, you know, just drop it off, pick it up. It's all done, folded, nice, perfect. So that's, that's a And so they do it really penny. Wait a minute. Pennies? Well, I mean, they do it by the pound. They do it by the pound, but it really, it's just, it's just a few. I mean, it's, you know, you go out to dinner and it's it's paid for, but um, yeah. you know, it really is. But it's such a it's such a life saving because then you can do everything else. But it's just so yeah. Nice to if you have a you lot know? of family at, in your house, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean my God, you gotta and... feed them. You gotta you gotta you know yeah. Yeah. try not to look at the at the fact that so you know little, your house is birthday. trashed. That's a little yeah. New Year's birthday <laughs> treat after Christmas treat for me. That's that's what I want for my birthday. I want the laundry done. So take it somewhere. <laughs> so anyway, but just love listening to you, Lynn, and just keep up the fight. There's a lot of fighting to do. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what we can do. Our fellow Homo sapiens. Uh, Bree uh, checks in from Malaysia. Uh, Many laws on the books here are not known and are not followed. It often drives me crazy. I mean, red lights are often optional. Listen, they're getting optional around here, too. What was that funny um, movie where an alien uh, in the person of, see, here's where I'm not going to. Uh, from a family of of actors, his Bridges. I got the last name Bridges, and he's like an alien, and he's driving um, a car, and 
he sees the light turns yellow and he floors it. And his female passenger is screaming, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, it means stop. stop." And he seems very confused because he'd been taking in human behavior, uh, you know, to learn how to be a human. And by his calculations and his uh, research, it was clear that a yellow light meant Excuse me. Speed up. (laughs) Gun it. (laughs) And because people don't do yellow lights anymore, it is clear that the people who now, you know, time the lights have decided that there needs to be at least a one second or two second pause from the time a light turns red on the one side to the time they let it turn green on the other, because that allows, and we know it now. So people now blow through red lights knowing, well, it's, you know, Proceed at your own risk. All I'm saying. You know, they say it's these little things in life (laughs) that that are the kinds of stresses and stressors that take years off your life. It's not the biggies. You know, the huge ones, loss of job, loss of a loved one. Those are just sort of built in uh, to our bodies. We can handle that. That's, you know, that's life. It's these little ones that can, you know, they're like microaggressions. (laughs) Add up and make our brain chemicals put all kinds of bad stuff into our into our bloodstream and, and yeah, get on our, take our longevity and make it shorter. All right. Uh, that was my, that was my, uh, my bitch of the day. I, it drives me crazy. It's mostly the sidewalk thing happens literally every day to me because I, I'm walking the dog and it's, you know, I even thought, of printing out just, you know, little cards, just nicely saying, please don't park on the sidewalk. I'm trying to walk on them. And then I could just stick them on the, do you think that would help? Or is that like, is that, that's just a, a busybody. And then because of those ring friggin' doorbell things that so many of you guys have now, you know you're being surveilled as you walk your dog, no matter when, as you walk anywhere. And so if you put one of these little things on under someone's uh, wiper blades, asking them, please, not to park on the sidewalk, I can well imagine that that will be caught on video, somebody's ring friggin' doorbell, and then posted on friggin' next door app so that you'll be shown to be whatever, shaming your neighbors or what. I, I don't know. It's like if you don't feel like you're being watched all the time now, you ain't paying attention. You ain't paying attention. I mean, you might, as you walk, just generally sort of wave, you know, sort of do a, you know, Queen Elizabeth wave this way and that way to your neighbor. Hey, how y'all doing? Here I am. I'm walking down the street. And I know you're watching. Why? I don't know. But I know you're watching. 
Roger says, when we moved to Pittsburgh 27 years ago, it was filthy. It has since come a long way. It's much better. Oh, my God, than it used to be. Really? Yeah, well, I, well, you came later than me, I guess. Um, I guess. It was when women started getting involved in the politics here. I remember uh, uh, a city council person named uh, Blanken on her first name, Madoff. And um, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. And she and Sophie Masloff were, you know, there at the same time. They were both on the council. I had a great video uh, piece I did of them for Channel 4 of the two of them screaming at each other at a city council meeting. I mean, just screaming in, you know, high-pitched girl scream fest. I loved it. Anyway, it seems to me that Madoff and Maslock both were talking about, we got to clean this city up because that's what women do, right? Roger says the parking on the wrong side continues to drive me crazy. I don't worry about it anymore. While walking the dog last week, a woman in a car from out of town asked if the street was one way <laughs> due to how everyone was parked. The same direction on both sides of the street. I explained in Pittsburgh, those rules don't apply. Park wherever she damn well pleases. Park in someone's driveway, block their driveway, park in handicapped spots, park in front of a who knows, leave your car in the middle of an intersection. It doesn't matter. Serious. It's true. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. You know, it's it's easy to complain about where we live. And I'm sure in other cities there are other complaints. I was reminded yesterday I was driving on that part of the Boulevard of the Allies near uh, Mercy Hospital, right, where you're way up. Duquesne, where you're way up on that bluff, looking across the Monongahela, and with those all the houses on the hills, and and I mean the and and I as I was driving, I was looking again at it and thinking, you know, it really is a most unusual and beautiful city. Which, of course, is all the more reason to keep it clean. It deserves it. But I was reminded of the first time I saw that same view. I was heading in the other direction. I was on a Greyhound bus. It was in the late 60s or early 70s. And I had been, <laughs> it took me, after I moved here, I think it took 10, 12 years before I realized, wait a minute, when I was on that Greyhound bus and we came into that city, that was Pittsburgh. So the first time I was in Pittsburgh, I had no intention of being in I mean, I, I can't quite remember. It, this is the problem with my memory. I do not remember my life. I do not. There are like these vague pictures. I know that I ended up on that bus with, by the way, a... Uh, a kitten in my in my purse uh, because I had been traveling in my car and I think I'd been to New York 
I have no idea. And I was coming back. And somewhere in the middle of God knows where, Pennsylvania, I was heading back to Chicago. My car broke down. And it ended up being hauled into, towed into some little, tiny, little town. Again, I don't know. And I ended up in a motel in this little, tiny town. You know, one of those old kinds of, um, you know, like psycho motels. And the guys at the garage where it had been towed informed me the next day that this was a boy, oh boy, oh boy. And that uh, this was going to take some time. They had to do this, do that, or order that or this. I don't know. It was, and I thought, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? I'm traveling with this renegade cat. See, this is in the era before cell phones. This is when a long distance call cost a lot of money and you made them just sparingly. And I know I got on a phone at some point. <laughs> and what do you do? You call your dad. Dad! I'm in, I don't know where. I'm in a psycho hotel and my car is toast. And I don't know where, and I don't think I'm going to get back. I don't know how to get home. I can't stay here for a week. And I, he always was coming to my, not always, mostly always coming to my rescue. He, um, somehow got me a ticket. He told me I should get on a bus. I should go to the next biggest city and I should fly to Chicago. And somehow, and here again, I don't remember how he got me the ticket. He got me, I must've gotten the Greyhound ticket. And I said, but what about my car? And he said, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. Jeez. So I end up on this Greyhound bus uh, smuggling this cat. And I'm heading, I guess, for the pits. It had to have been the Pittsburgh airport. And I somehow, you know, I'd never been here when we came when I saw this city and this is before it was cleaned up I thought my god look at this I was stunned I really was so I remember very little about that experience but I do remember being struck by the beauty of Pittsburgh and I also remember smuggling that cat onto the plane. Now, again, you couldn't do that today. But this was before, obviously, TSA. You just got a ticket. I don't know how that cat didn't make itself known. Um, incredible. Anyway, uh, so... That was my first, I don't even know where that came. Oh, that came because yesterday I was driving on the bus and I saw it and I remembered that like 50 years earlier, I had marveled at the same site of the South side slopes and the, and the river and the, I, I had, I had said, whoa, that is so cool. Never knowing, of course, that I would end up here. I know some of you are thinking, yeah, but what happened to your car? Well, as I, again, recall, I believe that um, my father, my poor father, my father paid to fly some was the son of a 
person who worked with him fly out here to Pittsburgh, I suppose, just redo redo my steps in the other direction and go to this little town and pick up my car and drive it back. Yeah. I put my parents through holy hell in my late teens and early 20s. Really, 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 really did. For that matter, I put myself through holy hell, but I, at the time, thought I was having a pretty good time. <laughs> I think I was, actually. Okay, that's enough. Um, oh, this is from Bob and Braddock. He said... Um, Pun either intended or no intended, not intended. I felt six feet tall when I asked the other day if you you if you were not watching the NBA finals because of the political situations in Milwaukee and Arizona, and you were on the money when you said the finals between the Bucks and the Suns, uh, contrary to what I asked, uh, was a way for Suns fans, Bucks fans, sports fans in general to escape escape racism for a little while and to escape the electoral problems in Arizona and as a way for fans to try to come together and cheer for their teams, Um, especially since the Suns haven't won a title since the team was established and the Bucks haven't won a title since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 71. Yeah, they both, I mean, I can see where you know, you this is one of those series where you want both teams to win. You want both teams to win. They're both so hungry. However, and I'm aware of this, Bob. However, less than an hour after I emailed you about what I said, a well-known ESPN host ranted about something he'd apologize that he'd end up apologizing for about the all-star game last night. Um, And what he did was he ranted about this amazing player, this uh, Japanese player uh, who plays for the Angels. And I mentioned yesterday, he's a phenom. He's, he's, He's somebody that no... But he even knows how to uh, – the other players are in awe of him, in awe of him. He could well be, if you have a chance to watch him, he could well be the greatest human being ever to play the game. And uh, Shohai Otani. And he seems like such a nice guy. But this guy, I, I read about this. So some this jerk on ESPN says, you know, if uh, uh, if he's supposed to be like this big superstar here in America, and we're all supposed to be so in awe of him, the least he could do is speak English. <laughs> he's from Japan. He barely's been here for a while. Sorry, he just happens to, you know, play both ways better than anybody else. He hits harder, he pitches better, he runs faster, and he's a nice guy, and he's from Japan, and he's now here reinvigorating American baseball, and this guy is bitching that he needs an interpreter to do it, and all hell broke loose. Boy, the roof came down on this guy who, by the way, is black. And <laughs> he was black, but masquerading as a, as a, you know, a sort of old white uh, baseball fan. <laughs> Why didn't he speak English? Uh, his name was Smith. Uh, St- Stephen Smith, right? You know, I got to tell you, I I also feel for people who make their living talking off the cuff. 
are invariably going to say things that they regret. Hardly a day goes by that I don't regret something I say. And many a time I've apologized or had to make corrections because there's no way you can do that without screwing up. But that was a particularly bad screw up. Really, really was. Oh, my. Okay. Where are we going? Again, I still have stuff left over from, uh-oh, I have another caller. I'm sorry. Hey, hello. 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 Um, hello. I wanted to talk about something you talked about last week. Uh, Dear. <laughs> your public restroom show. Uh, I don't, and hopefully no one talked about this, but many of the parking garages <laughs> downtown, for whatever reason, have restrooms. And I assume, I mean, I never had any trouble with the men's rooms, but the, and my wife uses the women's rooms. So I assume that they're on the clean side. Uh, and I'm talking about the ones that uh, have the three diamonds, the ones that are city owned by the uh, parking authority. Uh, they yeah. don't all have them, but the one there on Smithfield street, I know does. Uh, yeah. The one in Oakland does. Um, and there's probably others that I'm not aware of, but that's your uh, public restroom report for the, for today. Well, I thank you for that. So we were talking about the fact that there are no, if you have to go and, you know, good luck to you. There's yeah. no, this country in general makes no uh, effort to help people who are away from home. Uh, yeah, no, that thought is often in my head. That's why I, that's why I remember these because I've had to use them. <laughs> and uh, that one, the other one is the one across from the Renaissance there right on the corner. That big one I know has them. Um, there okay. may be others. So, um, That's good to know. I would have to be in extreme distress. Uh, well, I, yeah, I'm so obviously a male, but uh, yeah, so but they, they do seem to be cleaned. Um, so especially the ones that are right by the Renaissance, uh, I see lots of people using them, um, and um, they are surprisingly, you know, because there's, there's, you know, there's attendance in those. Well, you don't park in parking garages, but if you did. Uh, there's a tendency. No, I do. Those. I have. <laughs> not, not You're always often. talking about and trying I, to find your illegal parking downtown. That's why I said that. But um, well, I had to go uh, downtown yesterday, and I par I parked legally, and I was there for an hour, and it cost me, I think, seven dollars or eight dollars. Yeah, I'm it's, usually. It's crazy to drive. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. I'm usually they in the evenings and weekends, so it's. You know yeah. the different pricing, but the anyways. And for anyone Thank in distress, try those uh, may be nearby. Uh, <laughs> I know there's there's one over there by the ice skating rink. That one I think is gone now because I can remember using those in the past, and I think they've been removed. So be careful you, if you're you mean that near one. near PPG. Yeah, I don't remember. It's between those two one-way streets. Uh, what is it? Fourth Avenue is one, and the I don't remember. You yeah, know, these yeah. all have names. Oh. But anyways, I'm pretty sure yeah. that there used to be huge ones in there because my sister went to Point Park, and I remember we us using them, and uh, they were gigantic back then. But I think they're completely gone now. They, I think they replaced them with elevators or something. But uh, anyways, whatever. That's my uh, <laughs> uh, my public service announcement. <laughs> Thank you. I it is appreciated. I'm sure. Thank you. Yeah, all right. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, you too. Bye. Oh, gosh. Hey, oh, here's another rant. Because I'm ranting. Uh, and I've I've let this feeling I have be known before, but I, I just happened to see an article written by a sociology professor that totally backs me up. So I thought, yes, finally. My rant is about these names, these labels. God, I hate labels. These labels that we give to entire generations. I'm a baby boomer, I admit it. I know it's like being, I know, it's not, it's like astrology. There's cool signs and there's not so cool signs. So if you're a baby boomer, sorry. We're now very much out of, um, I don't know, we're not popular. 
I'm a very early baby boomer. The baby boom generation is from 1946 to 19, what, 61, 64, 61. I'll get it, whatever. So I ask you, what in heaven's name would make anybody think that making broad statements about every American child and human born in a certain range of years that you can then know something about them, <laughs> something of that you can take to the bank. Oh, yeah. Oh, those baby boomers. Oh, yeah, that Gen X. Uh-huh, the millennials. And you know what? Half the time, we don't know what we're talking about. Where do these stupid things come from? I mean, to me, I'm sorry, I don't get into astrology. But to me, it's as absurd as astrology. Uh, you know, that anybody born under the same, you know, you know, stars is going to have certain characteristics. Give me a break. So if you're born under the same stars as Adolf Hitler or Donald Trump, what if Mahatma Gandhi and Adolf Hitler are under the same damn stars? I mean, how do you account for that? It's just stupid. And this need to lump things together to, again, it's this unwillingness to deal with the complexity, the unbelievable chaotic complexity of life by making it seem, well, that you can just put things in little jars and groups. And then instead of dealing with a billion different complex human beings, you're just dealing with really about five or six jars. Drives me crazy. Um, the sociologist says this has become like a game and it's a game played by people who are, media has a lot to do with this. But also I was struck By, let's see. I mean, and this idea that you came of age in the same, when the same kinds of things were going on, that doesn't even pan out. Millennials uh, finished high school before the Great Recession. And for whom the average unemployment rate was 7% upon graduation. And they also finished high school after the Great Recession <laughs> with the unemployment rate spiking above 11%. Now, no one who's serious about the impact of you know, social and political and cultural events would, would say that, that this has any standing whatsoever, birth dates. And as a social scientist points out, these totally ludicrous categories lead to stereotyping and character judgment because that is in no way useful to understanding anything. These are all arbitrary. Um, apparently Pew, P-E-W, the Pew Research Center, is the one most responsible now. And I don't know how they got there for these generational uh, labels. Because it's Pew now who announces with great fanfare what a new generation will be called. Apparently we're into generation Z. Well, if we're already into generation Z, who the hell's coming next? 
Um, people have asked Pew to stop this. <laughs> stop, please. Um, and they have uh, resisted. They have said things like, we are having internal discussions about generational research. We'll involve, it will involve uh, consulting with experts, uh, blah, blah, blah. But this is insane. I mean, we all, I don't care. Uh, we experience, our life experience is unique. Our, everybody in the Vietnam War era, for instance, uh, and I was around then, that's when I was smuggling kittens and taking Greyhound buses into, uh, into, into Pittsburgh. Um, I was a certain kind of person then. And there were also, and, and, I mean, my cohort served in Vietnam and then took to the streets also. Today. Those are two very separate groups often. There are people who grew up rich people who grew up poor, people who grew up in between, people who grew up black, people who grew up white, people who grew up as females and as men, and and yet we're all supposed to be defined by this huge span of, of years. Stop it. That's all I want to say is stop it. Because it doesn't capture any common experience, really, because of the long period. Whatever. So I just wanted to say, please don't ever start a sentence with, well, those millennials. Or, you know, it used to be you just say, these kids today, okay? These kids today. Just stick with that. And please spare me the greatest generation. I want to barf. And I want to tell Tom Brokaw, who I guess came up with that, thanks a lot. Jeez. The greatest generation. Yeah, I mean, they happened to be around when, yeah, we had to fight Hitler. And uh, they did it. But then they also had no problem, this greatest generation, tolerating Jim Crow racism, unbelievable misogyny, keeping women in their place. <clears throat> so the greatest generation <clears throat> was a total white male heterosexual patriarchy, right? That's what it was. I'm not worshiping at that altar. I am, I am going to tip my hat to the sacrifices that were made. And let's remember, while some were making sacrifices, other were, others were war profiteers, Okay. Jeez, this has to stop. It's sloppy, stupid thinking. I thought uh, I thought Biden's speech yesterday was good. He just left one thing out. We got to get rid of the filibuster. Or we ain't going to do a goddamn thing about what he essentially said is a coming civil war. Um, he's just, he's got to get there. He's got to get there. And uh, we got to get this stuff passed while we can. Because with the republic, I mean, you just see there's a rush going on here. And as I mentioned, I think yesterday, the other side 
is armed, (laughs) is armed and dangerous. And they've lost their minds on top of it. They don't recognize truth. They don't recognize fact. They have been brainwashed. They are like, you know, the walking dead. They're friggin' zombies. And they are zealots. So we have, and now, because they think something's been stolen from them, not only the country, but the presidency, they are intending to set things straight. And so you see all these laws being passed in all these legislatures. And what's our side up to? We're not even getting rid of the filibuster so we can fight fire with fire. And I have to tell you that there was a poll recently, and this does not surprise me at all. Marist University asked a whole bunch of Americans, is American democracy in at a tipping point? Is it threatened right now? Do you feel American democracy is threatened? Two-thirds of Americans say yes. And if you're thinking all these polls are two-thirds, it's two-thirds us and then those third that are nutcases. Wrong. That's not how you get to the two-thirds here. Because the polls showed that far more Republicans say that American democracy is in danger than do Democrats. Yep. They think their democracy is being taken from them. Let me see if I can find the differences in Republicans and and Democrats. It's scary. It's scary, is all I'm going to say. Uh, Here it is. Among Trump supporters, nearly 90% think our democracy is under threat. 90%. Our side? Uh, About 60%. Who is going to be organizing and fighting harder to ensure that whatever their concept is of American democracy survives this peril? The 90% crowd or the 60% crowd? So even though Biden's speech yesterday was passionate and you know he said all the things you have you know shame and uh we need to stand up for god's sake and when this is a civil the whole thing doesn't mean anything if we're not ready to use the power that we have right now which is the power to get rid of the effing filibuster Understanding that it can come back at some point to bite us, but if we – this is such a moment of peril that you have to take out all the big guns you have. This 2022 election is – anybody paying attention? It's like uh, a year and a half away, which in political speak is tomorrow. Sorry, I'm screaming, aren't I? God. I need another hour. I haven't even started. But, (laughs) but, ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. Um, We'll try to get to a bunch of things tomorrow. Tomorrow, um, We're going to talk about something. I don't know about you, but um, I have been doing 
an awful lot of uh, ordering food in. I'm not talking about, you know, groceries. I'm talking about because I don't even want to cook anymore. So, yeah, because there's all these things like Grubhub, DoorDash, and they just drop it right there. Dinner. I've even invited people for dinner and done that. I have no shame anymore. We're going to talk about that because I have to stop it. I have to stop because it is not good and it is destroying the restaurants you're ordering from and enriching a bunch of friggin' rich corporations. It's got to stop. It's another just capitalist exploitation of little people and clueless consumers, as we often are, aiding and abetting in the destruction of small businesses. Okay? We're going to talk about this uh, tomorrow, and we're going to localize it. Okay? Uh, I hope you'll tune in. We'll do it at the top of the hour. So that's it for me today. I thank you very much. Have a good one. Don't park on the damn sidewalk. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.